live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Welcome to Live Brunch. Thank you for joining us. This is the point in our morning where we continue the conversation. We've heard from Glenn. Glenn is joining with, um, with me today. I'm Matt Carvel, by the way. Glenn, thank you for your message this morning. Uh, but we want to hear from you. We've had a few questions that come in. We turn this into more of a conversation. Uh, after hearing from Glenn about this passage from Genesis chapter 14, we're going to be thinking today about um, what that said to us. How can we apply that? What that means? The sort of Christian uh, outlook on life. How does this all this that we're talking about today connect with our week that we're about to go into? I'm also joined by Christine. Thank you for uh, joining me today as well. Uh, we always like to start off with, with some questions for you. I've, in, I've encouraged uh, you to send your questions in to us, and we'll get to a couple of those in, in a moment. Uh, but also, we always have questions for you uh, to have a think about how might you apply this to your life. Maybe you're in small group this week. Maybe you're spending time uh, inside uh, with friends and family. Uh, have a think about these questions, about how these things might uh, apply to you. So I've got three questions for you. I'm going to read them out, and then we'll, maybe we'll, that will start off our conversation uh, this morning. The first one is just generally what stood out for you in this uh, message today? What was particularly interesting to you? Uh, what resonated with you? Maybe what God spoke to you or something that just, oh, I've got a question about that or that. Never heard things like that before. Uh, what's that for you? Second question. What sort of stories do you have of God intervening in impossible circumstances? I'm just going to carry on. I think the mic wasn't wasn't working there. We're doing some we're doing some questions. Let me let me get, take it back from the uh, the top questions there. Uh, we've got small group questions. We have them for you uh, each week. The first question really was what stood out for you. Uh, uh, interested you particularly about the message that Glenn uh, spoke to us today. The second question, what stories do you have of God intervening uh, in impossible circumstance? We saw that from the passage that, that uh, Lot was uh, rescued. Uh, how has God done that in your life? Do you have stories, examples of that in your experience? And thirdly, one of the key themes of what Glenn was saying to us today was about how can, well, how can you model this sort of cheek-turning love that Glenn talked about? What opportunities do you have? He talked about living peaceably. Maybe you're experiencing conflict and family situation, work situation. What does it look like practically for you? So I want us to think about that this week. But why don't we start with that second question. Uh, Christine, I'll come to you, you first. Just examples, stories, things that impossible situations or circumstance that God's uh, intervene uh, in, in your life? You got one for us? Yeah, yeah. I haven't got a, a story of a relative who needed rescuing, but um, I've got much more, um, and, well, I don't mean down to earth, a more household kind of mm -hmm. issue for us was that um, we'd always had a history of having really old cars and they always died and we always bought another old car. And then the final one died and we had no money and um, we decided that we were going to trust God and we wouldn't do anything about it, but we would pray every day. And so Rob went to work on the bus. I had to have lifts with other people. Mm -hmm. um, but there was no way we could buy a car. 
and and it went on for two weeks and we were praying every day and we were getting a bit desperate mm -hmm. because it was just inconvenient really but Rob was on the bus on uh, this Friday and a phone call came through and somebody said they wanted to give us £5,000 for a new car. Wow. Hmm. And it just... We would have thinking we might have a one or £200 car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, that situation was entirely impossible for yeah. us. We did not have the resources to do anything. But there was a temptation to go and get a loan, do it our way. Yeah. You yeah. know, we yeah. could have made it work, but we had decided we were going to trust God and then... It's turned around for us. Brilliant, brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. That's so, that's so good. So I just want to encourage you in your groups this week to, and with your friendships as well, to encourage one another. If there's stories like that, especially as we're uh, involved in this giving campaign, we've heard from that this morning as well. It's great to remind one another just about the faithfulness of God uh, in the big, what we see in the scripture, but also just in, in our lives as well. Um, Glenn, I want to thank you so much for your message uh, this morning. Uh, just a few questions that have come in off the back of it and just... Help, help us gonna uh, get into it a little bit. One of the things that you talked about there was about um, the Bible uh, subverting warfare and and, mm. and and the message of the Bible being about peace and that sort of thing. I guess uh, let's. I want to talk about this of interpersonal first, and then we'll go a bit more macro. But mm -hmm. what do we do then if we're trying to be peacemakers and we're trying to forgive and restore? And, and you talked about absorbing that. Mm. How does that work when the other person is still bringing animosity to us? You know, we want to yeah. be peacemakers, but yeah. we're not in a peaceful scenario. What would what your advice for people be? I think that's when we can truly be distinctive. Because, I mean, Jesus says, you know, even tax collectors and pagans, they love those who love them. What he calls us towards in Matthew 5 is love your enemy. That's, that's what's truly distinctive about the way of Jesus. And if we want to be, you know, like Abraham was a, a Hebrew. You know, he's one from beyond. He's this weirdo, right? Like, and Jesus calls us to be weirdos, right? He, he calls us to be totally counter-conditional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, you, you know, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, you know, turn them the other cheek. Now, I, I don't think he means um, submit yourself to physical violence, but what he does mean is um, there, are, there, will be, there will be instances where somebody um, is aggressive towards you, and in order to go against the way of the flesh, the way of the flesh is either to lash back or run a mile. Mm. And he says, no, stand your ground and offer your face again. Okay. And again, I, I, I want to take this out of the realm of sort of physical violence but, and, and into the realm of interpersonal relationships. It's a case of saying it didn't work. You wanted me to either retreat or get sucked into this kind of sick game. Instead, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you why, did you, why did you just do that to me? I've, yeah. I've got a great story. A, a friend of mine who was um, in a family situation that was very much she was the black sheep of the family. And it was Christmas time, and um, she just dropped the gravy in the middle of Christmas lunch all over the white tablecloth. And her dad lost it. You klutz, you idiot. You know, absolutely, you know, in the middle of Christmas. Wow. And he called her every name under the sun. And she'd been, she'd been praying about turning the other cheek. And, she, you know, quick arrow prayer, what do, I, what do I say? And she just felt that the Lord, you know, was speaking to her, here's the way to handle that. She said, oh, Dad, it's so much worse than that. This year, I could tell you so many stories about me being like a real idiot. Um, but can we save those stories for later? I just want to ask you, why did you just lose it with me on Christmas Day? Wow. You know? Yeah. 
And every, everybody, she says, from that moment on, they, they always, like, say, you know, the day that Sarah was weird. The, like, the, <laughs> yeah. like they, they always, you, do you remember that time when Sarah really acted weirdly yeah, yeah, towards yeah. her father? Yeah. And it was just this counter-conditional way of absorbing it and, in fact, taking it and saying, mm. yeah, I am a bit of a klutz mm. and much worse. Yeah. But can we talk about the relationship? Offering her shape, offering yeah. her face. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I really think good. it is our temptation when we think it doesn't work mm. to change our behaviour but we're, we're, we're called to do what God has said, mm -hmm. aren't we? Mm -hmm. And we have to stick with that because actually the responsibility for that other person is God's right. and, they're, and they're responsible for their behaviour. So I'm not going to change my behaviour to try to change this. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. But the temptation is that's not working. I'll try something else. Yeah. So I think it's, it's important to just be clear about what God has said. And, and leading that into the, the Abram story, Abram wasn't building a kingdom, and so he didn't, to a degree, care about the battle between the five kings and mm. the four kings because right. he's not building a kingdom. Yeah. He's building a household of faith. Yeah. And so part of why he's able, just emotionally and psychologically, not to, not to have to engage in that back and forth is because he's not really interested in that. He's, he has already renounced the way of kingdom building. Mm. He's going to focus on the household of faith. And I think that, that's another... Um, that's another thing we need to remind ourselves of. Do I really need to engage in, with, with this battle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Abram wasn't engaging in any of the battles until it had to do with Lot. And then he was like, well, I guess he's my relative. You know. and, and even then, he doesn't really take sides mm. because he's not building an earthly kingdom. He's, he's, he's focusing on the household of faith. Okay. Let, let's, let's take it to, to the bigger, bigger scale. I think especially watching the news this week and that sort of thing. What should our posture as Christians be then? If we, if we were people, we, we see from the gospel that, that Jesus is the king of peace. Um, what should our posture be? I mean, uh, so Deborah's asking about, you know, circumstances where, where Christians are persecuted. Mm. Uh, Alice is mentioning about the situation in Israel and that sort of thing. Like, what should, our, what should our posture be? How should we respond when we see that? You know, is there any ever a situation where uh, engaging in, in conflict is a good thing? Is, should Christians completely rule that out? How do we even think about those sorts of things? Really great questions. And I think what we see there is Abram is drawn into this when it's to do with his relative. Mm. And to the degree that it's to do with his relative and building the household of faith and he's seeing this injustice, then he does, to a degree, take a side. I guess he kind of takes the side of the five kings versus the four kings. But actually, at the end of Genesis 14, we didn't get to it, but you know, the king of Sodom wants to make him rich from the warfare. He's like, look, I'm not to do with you guys. Mm. Mm. And so there are times in the culture wars, let's say, where a Christian might say, you know, the way that this Christian was treated by that academic institution was outrageous and blah, 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 but we're not, but we're not taking a, a side in the culture war. Right. Um, and, and there might be ways in which, um, on the geopolitical realm, we, we want to stand up for righteousness and justice, and we might enter into the fray, but we do it in, a, in the very weird way that Jesus has taught us of cheek-turning love and yeah. that, that sort of thing. And it's not for us to play a part in the culture wars. Yeah, okay. I think sometimes we can uh, have a kind of knee-jerk reaction. We've got to do something. Mm -hmm. And actually, the very thing that we can do is pray. Mm -hmm. And we're encouraged yes. in the yeah. Word of God to yes. pray for peace. Yeah. And I think if we're doing that, then it may be that God speaks to us about further action. Mm -hmm. And that may seem small things like writing letters mm -hmm. to MPs and that kind of thing, or campaigning, that sort of thing. But I think it should come from a place 
of praying for peace and, and asking God what we should be doing rather than jumping to action first. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. I want to pick up on the, on the sort of cultural and the cultural engagement because that was another thing uh, in terms of what you were saying today uh, about being, being distinctive and... Um, and I know from, from what you're involved in week to week and that sort of thing, uh, in terms of social media, you're very active and engaged and, and, and seeking to influence in that environment. I suppose some people, some Christians might think, well, you know, if you want to be distinctive and not be, you know, corrupted and, and tempted like Lot was, what that means is just run the other way and not mm. engage in at all in social media or because mm. those are worldly things, that sort of thing. That's obviously not how you apply it. So, so t talk to us a little bit about mm. what might it look like on a practical level and, and how do you seek to be influential but not be tempted yeah. into the corrupt, corrupting influence, as, as it were. Yeah, no, really, really good. And well, it's interesting that Abram is building something. He's not building a kingdom. Right. He's not investing in the city thing. He's not investing in the king thing. He's not going to wage war like the world wages war. But he, he does develop his household of faith to the point where he's got 318 trained men, which means he's probably got two or 3,000 people right. in, his, in his household. So he, he is developing something. He's just not building the way that the world builds. Right. And I think on social media, there's, a, there's an opportunity to have a voice that is a distinctively Christian voice, that is, we're weirdos, we're Hebrews, we're from beyond, mm -hmm. um, and we can use those platforms to speak a distinctive message. But we, we've just got to always be, we've got to always realize that there's a bit of lot in us as well, right. that's gonna be seduced by the way of, I wanna build a platform for me, mm -hmm. right? And, and I want to build my own Eden my own way, which was Lot's kind of problem, and he got seduced by that. And we've got to constantly be aware that as the numbers grow, it would have been tempting for Abram to crown himself king. He never did it. He was, he was always building the family, the household of faith. And so we just need to keep each other um, accountable like that. You know, you know, Glenn, you just had a whole bunch of views on that video. What did that do to your heart, actually? Right. Actually. It's good. Really. Oh, it's all for Jesus, I say. Yeah, yeah, but there's a bit of blood, <laughs> isn't there, Glenn? You know, and, and, and so absolutely engage, but engage in the weird way, mm. in the Hebrew way, in the from beyond way. Wow, that's really good. Anything you want to add on that? Uh, yeah, just engage as part of family, like you're saying. Have people around you who will speak into, you, into your life and ask you the hard questions. I think it's such a difference between being part of a family, isn't there, and the health that comes from that place. Yes, yes. Brilliant. Okay, let me um, let me ask um, another one here. Um, what would you? Sorry, rewind. With your video, you demonstrated the, a real depth of understanding with the Bible. Now, I, I suppose many people watching this would read that passage in the Bible, maybe going through it in their you know daily reading and that sort of thing, and just be thoroughly confused. I guess I want to ask: Is it necessary for every Christian to understand all those things? as they read the Bible. What would you say to that? No, and, and we help each other. And that's, you know, and I, I very much benefited from other people who helped me with the Genesis 14 thing and seeing the fractal thing and understanding mm. the patterns. And that really helped me and I wanted to share the wealth yeah, this morning. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have been in a position to preach on that passage two weeks ago, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Um, and so I've done some study and I've been helped by other people and we, we help each other. So it's a, it's a team sport, yeah. reading the Bible. Yeah. But I think what, what I would say is that everybody, as we get down to Genesis 14, we should expect that this is there for a reason. Mm. 
that there are patterns built into the scriptures. This is proclaiming Christ. This will be a word that speaks to me of Jesus and of my daily life. And if I'm not getting it yet, well, I need to scratch around and ask others and, and, right. and look for that help. So I don't need to do it by myself, but I think everyone should expect that as they come to Genesis 14, if they've got questions about it, we'll dig, mm. dig further, because there, there are all sorts of riches in there. Yeah, I mean, on, on that then, what, what would you suggest to people what are good resources? What are good resources that you use? How, how, do people, how do people dig? Like, very practically. Well, I mean, people must know the Bible Project. They must know the Bible Project yeah. uh, YouTube channel. Just sensational videos that give you overviews and, and, and really help you with the big patterns uh, of things. I've also found a guy, Alistair Roberts, who a few of you guys might, might yeah. know. He's, he's done kind of a commentary of all the Bible on YouTube again. And so he'll, you know, he'll, in 10 minutes, walk you through a passage wow. the, the, the length of, of Genesis 14. That's quite helpful. We try to do it at Speak Life. So if people want to check out Speak Life UK uh, on YouTube, we've, we've got a whole, I've got 366 videos taking you through the Bible and we'll deal with, with those, sorts of, those sorts of issues. So th there's help out there. That's absolutely brilliant. And, and on that, what, what's, what's motivated you doing that? Because obviously you've got a passion for this. You've got a passion for people understanding the Bible. Do you, just, do you want to speak to us about that a it's little bit? It's just cool, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> it's just cool. When you, when you just see Abram is brought up out of Egypt and he spies out the land and then there's a conquest and he brings everyone to Jerusalem. You're like, mm, hello. And, and then you see it's tasty because Israel does that and then Jesus does that and then the church does that. I'm a, I'm a part of the story. Yeah. And you're like... and. What I love about it is as you go down into the detail, it actually helps you with life because when you see the patterns, you're like, I live in a world that is really Jesus's world. And if it is really Jesus's world, then actually me going down and up, me going the way of, of cross and resurrection, mm -hmm. cheek turning love, will be the way by which I can navigate the culture wars of today and the temptations of today. And I think the, the more you get into the patterns, the more you then look at the world and say, mm. you know, the world mm. operates by this pattern. My friend Sarah, when she said that thing to her dad, it worked. It was weird yeah. and it, it's, it's not what you would expect, but suddenly the wisdom of the way of the cross plays itself out in life. And mm. you're like, this is, this is real. This is... Four, you know, 4,000 years ago was the Genesis 14 stuff. And it has an impact in 2021. So yeah, yeah. The, the deeper you go, I think the, the bigger the vision you get. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. How, mm. Yeah, any more? And how, how can we help each other with this sort of thing, studying? I think the first place is to start with you and your Bible. Mm -hmm. I think the resources are great, but don't think, I can't understand it, so I've got to go to something else first off. Just get that story out and do, a, do what Glenn did. Mm -hmm. If you can't visualise it, get a pen out. Mm. And those names are so difficult. Call them A, B, C and D. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, yeah. do things like that that were, you know, so you're like integrating, interrogating mm -hmm. the text for yourself. And then a good practice is just to try and paraphrase what it says. These are very early steps in Bible study. Just so what is that actually saying? Let me change the language. Let me put it into my language so that I've got a, a handle on what it's actually saying. That's a great place mm -hmm. to start before you get into wider mm -hmm. interpretation yeah. and that yeah. kind of thing. What, what is it actually what does it actually what do the words actually mean yeah. that yeah. is a very basic easy thing that we can all do yeah. um, and it's really helpful I think you remember it yeah. too if you do that yeah 
And it's, it's actually like the basics that help you understand Genesis 14. Like when you just see like all the kings are rubbish except this guy, yeah. Melchizedek. Yeah. And his name means king of peace. Yes. Like, okay, well, if yeah. you just get that from the chapter, yeah. you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And the other thing you did, you, you made comparison. So we think, how does one person behave and how does another? How does Abraham behave? How does Lot behave? Because these, are, these contrasts are telling us things yeah. Yeah. and we can pick those things out quite easily. Yeah. What, what I'm hearing you do there is just ask lots of questions yes. of the text and yes. not be, e in one sense, not be easily satisfied yeah. with it. Not think, yes. oh, that must be, oh, okay, right. I don't really get that. But no, actually yeah. bring your question, bring yourself, bring your doubts and yes, this doesn't everything. make sense and, and actually bring it to the text. And I think that's something for all of us, whether we've been Christians for many years or just kind of starting on this journey, trying to understand what the Bible has to say and that sort of thing. We have run out of time. That's all we've got for today. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion. We've got those questions for you. We'll put them uh, out in the emails that we send out this week as well. Hope you can join us with this uh, giving campaign campaign uh, that we've been uh, going through through the month of May. So please, please give. The, the, the link is on our website uh, as well. I just want to say thank you again to Glenn and to Christine for joining me today. Hope to see you again next week as we continue our reboot series. Take care.